That would be good. And we're turning to the same passage of scripture that we looked at last week. We're going to do the next sets of verses from John chapter 3. So if uh, anybody in the, finds it in the Green Bible and wants to say the page number, we're starting at verse 7. I can share it with anybody else who's still looking. Page 71. And the second set of page numbers. John. Oh, sorry, Luke. My bad. That was my bad. That was my bad. We're talking about John. We're in the book of Luke. So page 46, not 71. John 3, where our memory verse comes from, is on page 71. So page 46 in your green Bibles. Otherwise, if you're following along in your own Bible or device, Luke chapter 3, verse 7. So we heard the first six verses of chapter 3 of Luke. So we heard the first, I, gotta, I just got to start talking about John, and then we'll be done with all the Luke messing up. My bad. Uh, so we heard the first words of John the Baptist, and we heard this connection that had been made to the promise of, uh, for the people of God, that one would come from the wilderness to prepare the way for the Lord, and how John is the, the keeping of that promise, and how he shows us that one of the ways that we prepare for the Lord is through the practice of repentance. So even though God no longer deals with us according to our sins, repentance is still this way of helping us to understand who God is, helping us to understand what God's way of being is, so that when he does come to us, we recognize him. So here we continue with John's work in the wilderness at the Jordan River as the people uh, from all over come to be baptized by him. And so as we hear the word of the Lord, let's pray together. God, we are grateful for the ministry that you carried out through John the Baptist. And so we pray to be good students of him now. To hear your words of instruction, of encouragement, of chastisement, and calling. Your word of hope. In your name we pray. Amen. I got a little bug in my throat, so I'm going to just keep my water glass close. Okay, so verse 7. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then should we do? In reply, he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. And they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. 
Soldiers also asked him, And we, what should we do? He said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water. But one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. This is the word of the Lord. So if we continue to hear these as words of preparation, of preparing the way for the Lord, the first thing that we hear is name-calling? Brood of vipers? I think if I started every sermon that way, I might get run out of town. But what John is saying to them, so this picture of the brood of vipers is this picture of like when there's a brush fire that happens and you can watch all of the rodents and the snakes escaping from the fire. They come out from all of their hiding places to go and find a safe place for them to continue to be themselves. That's the picture that's being conjured up here for us, that as God's fire comes to this earth to cleanse, there are people who will run away from it. And they might be the same people who claim to be safe because they call upon their ancestor's name. So John is saying to them, hey people, you better understand who you really are here. Because it's not just enough to be a legacy member of the people of God. It's not just enough to say that Abraham was your ancestor and therefore you're in the clear and it doesn't matter what you do or who you believe in or who you and how you live with the living God. That just saying you've got the right name is not actually a connection that does you any good. So don't rely on it. Because God makes his family however God will make his family. And in fact, he can make his family out of those stones over there. So don't call upon your legacy. Don't call upon your family who's been part of the church forever to be the thing that will save you. Instead, prepare the way of the Lord in you and in this world. Because God is coming. And he is always coming in our midst, inviting us to his kingdom way. So yes, these are harsh words. These are wake-up call kinds of words. But these are people who have traveled from all over the countryside to receive this baptism that John is doing. So is he calling them out because these are people who have come just so that they can get the latest marker of whatever is the popular thing in the church? Or is he calling, is, have they come because they have realized that something is missing in the way that they are showing what it means to be the people of God. 
Remember last week, we talked about how John's baptism repeated this work of remembering the covenant, of bringing the people through the Jordan River into the promised land, just like their ancestors did. And so he invites them to that work of repentance. And he invites them to that work of repentance by showing them what happens when you repent, when you change your ways when you do something different than what you were doing before. So repentance is this internal transformation that leads to an external change in the way you live. Repentance is a literal turning from one set of actions to another. One set of way of thinking to another. That's the Old Testament and New Testament picture of repentance. And so the crowds say to him, okay, what is this new life supposed to look like then? The crowds say, what then should we do? And this is the crowd, so that means everyone that's gathered there. These words are words of instruction for. And what what does John say? You prepare the way of the Lord by sharing what you have, by making sure that everyone has enough to live and survive on. Sharing your clothing, sharing your food, these basic needs. That is what we should do, John says. And then this word, even the tax collectors, even gives us insight into how people felt about these guys. Anybody here a fan of the tax collector still? Probably not. Because of the stories we tell ourselves, right? And the the cultural identity that's gathered upon them throughout the ages. These are people who just want to take from us. Well, it turns out at this time and in this place, that was even more true. Because there'd be one person who was assigned to collect the taxes for the Roman government. And then they would hire out that job to somebody else. And so then that person would add a little bit to the tax that they needed to collect so that they could get that money. And then they would hire somebody else to do it. And then that person would also raise the tax a little bit more so that they had some money that they could make, right? And it continued and continued until finally it reached the person that was actually going to collect the tax. So the rate and the money that they were demanding from people was higher than the actual tax rate that was supposed to be collected by like four people. Because each of them wanted their cut of the pie. And the system was set up in such a way that it supported this sort of extortion and practice. It was what you did. It was how you were if you were a tax collector. It was the norm. It was the expectation that you would do that. And so John says to you, tax collector, don't be part of that game. Just collect the rate that's been set for you to collect. Don't add your little portion to get more for you on top of everything else that's already been added to it. And these soldiers, so like the tax collectors and the soldiers that he's referring to here, these are people from the Jewish community. So these were not people who were the Romans. These were people who had partnered with the Romans. So that already was a strike against them. 
And then the way that they did their job was another strike against them in terms of separating them from their community. But even the soldiers come to John because they want to be part of whatever it is that's happening. And he says to them, don't use your power to extort people. Don't literally shake people down for money and more. Don't do it. Don't use your role for your benefit. But notice that with all of these cases, well, specifically with the tax collectors and the soldiers, John doesn't tell them to quit their jobs. John tells them to live and be different in their job. To live and be different in a culture that is swimming the other direction. John is saying, turn from the way that you have been shaped and told to be in these works that you do and do it with integrity. Do it with care for other people. And like he says to the crowds about how we should share our resources so that everyone has enough, John calls all of us to a life of repentance that is based on contentment. Be content with what you have already, he says. You don't need to add more by taking it away from other people. We prepare the way of the Lord by being content in the gifts that he has given to us and the ways that he has provided for us. And we live the kingdom life when we share those resources with others and we live the kingdom life when we do our work with the integrity of God. When we don't lie to one another. When we choose instead to bear with one another. When in the way that we go about doing our work, we show compassion and kindness and humility and meekness and patience and gentleness and love and joy, all of those fruit of the Spirit, self-control. John is telling us that we can be people who are preparing the way still in our work or in our retirement or in our families. If we were to try to think of who are the equivalent, equivalents today of our tax collectors and our soldiers, we could come up with a long list. We might picture politicians coming to be baptized by John and then being told to not let campaign contributions be the controlling agent in their decision-making. Or we might hear John telling members of the RCMP to make sure that they investigate all victims' crimes equally without consideration of someone's skin color and ethnicity. Or we might hear him saying still to us, share your clothing and your food so that we might be content. Might be content in offering these normal things for the care of others. We prepare the way of the Lord 
by understanding the ways in which these groups and these institutions and these cultures have shaped us. By taking time to reflect on the things that we do without even thinking about it because they're acceptable in the world that we live in. But once we actually think about it, we realize may not actually be acceptable to God. That don't point towards the care for others. That don't breed in us a a sense and a feeling of contentment, but instead breed in us a culture of gain, gain, gain. Acquire, acquire, acquire. Show our force, show our force, show our force. And yet none of those things are the things that Jesus showed us in his life. A friend of mine was telling me about um, going to an aquarium And all of the fish in this aquarium were swimming together in the same direction. And the docent at the aquarium was saying, yeah, they just, this is what they do. They all swim together. They all swim together. They've never not done that. And then while they're standing there, this one fish starts to swim the other way. And then a little bit lighter, a few more fish join it. And then a little bit later, there's a whole group of them swimming against the current of what's been made by the rest of their community. And who do we notice in that situation? We notice the ones who are going the other way. And if you know the power of a current, you know how difficult it is to swim against it how much strength it takes to be different in the face of overwhelming pressure and force to go and be a certain way, to not rock the boat or go against the crane or the crowd. And yet this is what John is telling the tax collectors and the soldiers and every single person here who seeks to prepare the way of the Lord to do and to be. Hear these words from the message, Romans chapter 12. So Eugene's translation of these words from Paul. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention to God. You'll be changed from the inside out. This is the word of the Lord. So how has retirement shaped you to think without, to act without thinking? How has the way your boss has told you to do your job shaped you? How has your family told you to be? How have your friends at school told you it's acceptable to be? And how have we as your church shaped you 
to believe certain things as necessary. To take the time to do this reflection work, to understand how what we have been shaped by is different, is the work of repentance. To understand the power of institutions and cultures to be agents of sinful acts is the work of repentance. And it is the work of preparing the way of the Lord. But help us on the way, John says. One who is greater than I is coming. And I am not even worthy to take his shoes off for him. He will come and he will baptize you, not with water, not with this act of you saying you commit yourself to this work of repentance and living in the covenant. He will baptize you with himself, with the Holy Spirit and with fire that will be the one that cleanses you, that transforms you from the inside out. He will help you do this. The God who is forever with us is the one who will do this work of turning us, who will lead us to understand in all wisdom his ways and how they're different from what has shaped us in this place. And so we wait, we give thanks to him, and we call upon his name. And here's the thing we know that we admire about people who go against the grain, who swim against the current. They got some gumption in them. They got some get up and go in them. They've got some strength of character that we admire in them. And this is what John is saying when he says that when Jesus comes to gather for the granary, the wheat and the chaff, the people who've got something in them, some substance to them, are the things that will be gathered. But all of the people who are just remotely, or uh, what's that word I want? Uh, Like lemmings. It's not the word I want, but that's a fine image, fine. Uh, Like lemmings who are just going without thinking about the way that they're living their life. They lack the substance and are like the chaff that just floats away and misses being collected into the granary to have the substance of Christ in us, to give us the strength and the power to go against the flow, to understand in our repentance, and to turn to a new way of being, is to have that substance and to be gathered by Jesus for his kingdom good. So prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord in your workplace. Prepare the way of the Lord in your social networks and groups. Prepare the way of the Lord in your homes. And may we prepare the way of the Lord here in this place. Amen. So, Lord.